Well, hello and welcome to Cultivate Church Online. Man, we're just so honored that you're here with us today. We're kicking off a brand new series called Thrill of Hope. Maybe this is your first time with us. Come on, welcome to Cultivate Church Online. Welcome to church. We're honored that you're here with us today. I do want to invite you to one of our campuses, Columbiana or Alabaster campuses. We meet at the same times, 9 and 10, 15, every single weekend. I want to tell you, there is nothing like meeting in person together, lifting up the name of of Jesus together, physically in a room together. I know uh, I am so thankful for this online presence, but I just want you to know there's nothing like gathering together. And I would encourage you to come with us on a weekend experience, worship with us together. I promise you'll never regret gathering with the people of God in the house of God, lifting up the name of God and the the person of Jesus uh, together. Well, we're diving into this week one of Thrill of Hope. Today's title is Long Lay the world. Long lay the world. Our theme verse is Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 as we dive into this Christmas season. It says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. We're entering into this Advent season. That word Advent on the Christian calendar simply means a preparation. It's a time of preparing for the celebration of the birth of Christ. And as followers of Jesus in this day and age, it's also a time where we look forward to the coming of King Jesus. See, we know Jesus was already born. We know that he already lived a perfect sinless life. And we know that he died on a cross for our sins to redeem us back to the Father, to have relationship with him. And he said, right before he ascended into heaven, he said, I'm coming back again. And we know that he's coming back for the bride of Christ, his church. And we look forward every Christmas season. We get to look forward in preparation for the celebration of the birth of Jesus. We remind ourselves that he's coming back again this Advent season. And, you know, it it was almost 600 years had passed from the time that Jesus was prophesied to be born and the time that he was actually born. We see it, we see the prophecy in all through the Old Testament. In Isaiah chapter 9, we see that he was uh, promised, the coming of King Jesus was promised to the world. And almost 600 years passed before that promise, uh, since that promise took place, until it actually took place again. Physically, in Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2, we see the the birth account of Jesus. A lot of things had happened. Historians say, a lot of people believe, that it was almost 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So many things had happened. A lot of water under the bridge. Come on, Israel in that time had been completely wiped off. They'd been completely destroyed, taken into the Babylonian exile. Over 70 years they were in captivity. And then the Persians come along and defeat the Babylonians and they allow Israel by God's providence to go back after that 70 years and rebuild the temple. And then there was years and years that passed and and then along comes another world power, the Roman Empire. Uh, it, it, It... tumbles over the Persian Empire. and Now you see they're in a world-dominating position and Israel is there and, and, and God's people are under now another regime and the temple is uh, remodified and rebuilt and then along comes the promised Messiah. All of those years had passed and Israel still seems to be under authority. 
someone else's authority. Not God's. They seem to think. They, they just never seem to get past or get over or become the greatness that they once were. And after all those years had passed, the world, come on, long lay the world. Long lay the world. All those years had passed of seemingly nothing good happened. And then God steps back in and he uses the most unlikely sources to speak back into the world. We know the Christmas story. He sends an angel to speak to Mary. Of all people, a young girl, a teenage girl of a lowly account from a small town in Bethlehem. Who, come on, Nazareth, from Nazareth. Who good comes from Nazareth? He's born in Bethlehem. And we see that, that, that the angel uses the most unlikely people. She's engaged to a carpenter of all people. And then we see in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1 that he sends another angel to speak to Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now it says that Zechariah was a priest, but Zechariah was on up in age. He was an elderly man, and they didn't have children. God sends an angel to speak to Zechariah that they're going to have a child. They hadn't had children. Don't you know that Zechariah and Elizabeth, like many of you and like my own family, when you begin to want to start a family, you begin to pray God, give us a child. Give us a family. And they began to pray. And then they prayed and prayed and prayed. And years passed. And don't you know that after so long of praying for something, eventually you stop asking. So many times you've asked. So many times you seemingly have been told no. So you give up on that dream. They were an elderly couple serving the Lord the best way that they knew. But Come on, they were an unlikely source for God to speak to. These were overlooked people in culture around them. No one thought that Zechariah would have ever done anything great or accomplished anything good for God. Nobody thought Mary and Joseph would have ever accomplished anything great for God. If someone in the world were to look around and think, who can I use for God today? It wouldn't have been those two people. But then God steps in and he makes a difference. The song I love, one of my favorite Christmas songs, is Oh Holy Night. It's where we get the title of our series this month, and it's where we get the title of this message today. In it, there's a phrase that says, Long lay the world in sin and error pining. And that's an old word. That word pining simply means to decline, to simply give up, to give in to the circumstance or the situation. What do we do when we are ready to give up? What do we do when, we've been found, when we find ourselves in a circumstance or a situation like Zechariah did, like Israel did for 600 years, seemingly you're ready to give up on the dream or the hope of what God said he would do? What if, like Zechariah, you've prayed for something specific for so long and so much time has passed that you've simply given up on that prayer? You've simply given up on that dream. What do you do when long lay the world? When we find ourselves in that circumstance that so much has taken place, we find ourselves just giving up. 
Come on, as we look forward into this Advent season, this Christmas season, I want to encourage you with the heart of God for his people this Christmas season. So let's pray and let's dive into today's message. Father, we love you. We're grateful for your word. It's alive. It's breathing. It's for us. So today I pray, God, as we just give ourselves some Christmas reminders, God, that we meet with the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, that you encourage us to take another step forward, to keep moving forward, to keep trusting you, knowing that you cause all things to work together for the good of those that love you and are called according to your purpose. So God, we give you all the honor in advance for everything that you're going to do through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, some Christmas reminders as as it relates to this. I want you to know that God can hear us. God can hear us. We see it in Luke chapter 1, verse 11. He talks to Zechariah. It says that while Zechariah was still in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel of the Lord said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. Now remember, I just told you that Zechariah was an elderly priest. So in the days of Herod, historians say that there were roughly around 15 to 18,000 priests who took care of the temple duties. There were a lot of priests to work and manage the temple. Here's what that means. It means that it was a probability that a priest could live his entire life and never actually step foot inside the temple. So we know that, that Zechariah was an elderly man. He, he was childless. They hadn't had children. And, that, and most likely, this is the first time that he had ever actually stepped foot inside the temple to do the thing that he was literally born to do, to serve in the presence of God as a priest. It was a birthright. And so most of his life, he had served maybe on the outskirts of the temple. He had probably cleaned up outside and had some duties most of his life. But for the majority of his life, he had never been able to accomplish the one thing that he was, he was taught and told that he was born to do. And that's to serve in the temple. He had lived his life childless and seemingly purposeless. Can you imagine being Zachariah in that moment when an angel shows up the one time that you actually get to be in the presence of God in the temple as he thought, I'm going to be in the temple serving. And then the angel of the Lord shows up and he says, don't be afraid. God has heard your prayer. And what prayer did he hear? You will have a son. You're going to have a child. Come on. That's a forgotten prayer for an old man. That might have been a prayer in his, in his 20s. That might have been a desperate plea in his, in, his, in his younger years. But over the years, that prayer had weaned away. Come on, what hopes do you have or prayer do you have for your life that you've forgotten about by now? What's going on in your life that you feel like the Lord just hasn't heard you? I want you to know today that that Zechariah went years between a prayer that he had forgotten and an answer that the Lord knew that he had heard. While he was still in the sanctuary, the Lord sent an angel. Don't you be afraid. God has heard your prayer. Can I tell you, maybe there's some things in your life that you've prayed for. 
Maybe you're in a circumstance in your marriage right now and you thought, I've prayed for so long and there's no way that this is going to happen. There's no way this is going to be restored. Can I tell you, don't, don't give up on the purpose and plan of God for your life. God knows you and he hears you. The fact that you haven't gotten an answer yet is not, is not a statement that God has not heard you. We know this, that God's ways are higher than our ways and his purposes are greater than our purposes. God's plan for you, on, on uh, my plan for me on my best day, the greatest thing I could think of for my life, pales in comparison to the plan that God has laid out for you and for your life and for your family. So you may be in a circumstance today where you feel God just hasn't heard me. God just doesn't see me. I've prayed for too long. I've begged for too long. I've asked too many times. I'm just ready to give up. I want you to know, take courage today in Zachariah's story that God hears you. Zachariah was confused, I can imagine, when he says, what prayer have God heard? God's heard your prayer. You'll have a son. That was a prayer that he probably hadn't prayed in 40 years. And then the presence of God steps in in God's timing, in God's perfect plan. And he begins to fulfill the answer to their prayers. You need to know it's a good Christmas reminder today that God hears us. Come on, right where you are, wherever you are, the circumstance that you're in, whatever you've been praying for, can I encourage you keep praying? Can I encourage you keep digging in? Keep chasing God. Keep asking. Keep begging. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Because I promise you an answer is coming because God hears us. Number two, you need to know this. If he hears us, you need to know that God can handle us. What does that mean? He can handle us. Luke chapter 1 verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this is going to happen? I'm an old man now. My wife is well on up in years. Come on, did you blame him? Zechariah hears he's gone his entire life and probably hasn't physically heard the voice of God like he saw an angel there that day. He hadn't even felt as if the Lord had heard him or if the Lord maybe had even cared about him. And then along comes an angel, well past the time in his ability, in his mind, well past the time to answer the prayer that he had prayed. Well past the, the ability to actually conceive children. And then along comes God and tells him, you're going to have a child. And, and, and his, his response is, how in the world is that going to happen? Yeah, right. How can this be? How can I be sure that this is going to happen? Come on, it's been years. Maybe there's something in your life that's taken place and you feel, man, there's no way that this is going to happen. When I was a child, I was seven years old, my father had a wreck. Ran under an 18-wheeler. Spent two years in the hospital. Two years in the hospital recovering. Plastic surgery after plastic surgery. Medication after medication. There was a season in which we thought, he may not recover. He may not come out of this. And if he does, the doctors told us that he's going to be a complete different human. The, the head trauma and, the, uh, and, and the, the, the damage that his body took on that wreck was going to completely change who he was. Not only physically, he looked different, but also mentally and emotionally, he was going to act different. This is not the same man that you knew before, they told us. And I can remember, even as a child, I can remember my mom praying, and I can remember our church gathering and praying and asking God to restore and rebuild and, and do what only he could do. And there were seasons where we thought there's no way that he could do it. God, how in the world can you restore something so damaging? 
Come on, maybe you're there. Man, I'm already divorced. My spouse has already moved on. My life has already taken a different direction. I'm already lost my career. My children already don't want anything to do with me. God, how can you restore something so broken and so damaged? I love what the angel's response was. In Luke chapter 1, verse 19, the angel of the Lord said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he that sent me to bring you this good news. He said, who do you think you're talking to? Come on, God can handle us. God isn't worried about our questions or even our lack of faith at times. His ways are so far higher than our ways. The Bible says it in Isaiah that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are so far beyond our thoughts. Uh, uh, the psalmist David said, he said, God, so great are your thoughts for me individually that they outnumber the grains of the seashore. There's nothing I could do to fathom what you actually think and what you actually know. Meaning this, that any time we can try to piece together the puzzle, we can't even begin to think what God already knows and that he can work anything for our good and for his glory. Let's just put this in perspective a little bit, this idea of God's ways being higher than our ways. You know, our sun in our solar system is the biggest star right, in our solar system, it's 93 million miles away. To fly there at 550 miles per hour, it would take 19.3 years to get there. 19.3 years. And Isaiah says, as far as the heavens are above the earth, so far are his thoughts from us. That's how wide 19.3. We can't even begin to think about the numbers mathematically of how we could get to the reaches of the other end of the galaxies that have been discovered. And he says, as far as the space, as far as the heavens are above the earth, that's how far, that's how big the gap is between our thoughts and God's thoughts. I want you to know today, he can handle us. He can handle. No, listen, I've learned in my life, a no now doesn't mean a no later. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He knows every, every intricate move of the enemy in our life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God knows those things. So a no now doesn't mean a no later. It simply means that we have to trust the purpose and plan for God in the moment. God, when I don't understand your hand, I know that I can trust your plan. When I don't understand what's going on around me, Father, I know that you love me more than anybody ever could. I know that your thoughts for me are better than my thoughts for me. You love me more than I love myself. Your purpose and plan for me is better than anything I could dream or imagine on my own. So I know that you've got this in your hand. I know that you can handle this. And you need to know today that he can handle you. He, the more questions you ask, the more answers he can give. The more he can give you. The Bible says that this way to seek after the purpose and plan of God that ask God ask him in Philippians 4 it says and he didn't say he'd give you an answer at the moment but he said he would surround you with peace that passes understanding maybe you're not getting the answer that you want and in not getting the answer that you want you've walked away from the presence and the purpose of God and can I tell you just because you don't have an answer don't mean you can't have his peace the peace of God that passes understanding wants to guard your heart and your mind as you seek and follow his purpose and his plan for your life so maybe you're in a long lay of the world maybe it's been a season 
Maybe it's been a time since you felt like God was fair to you. Maybe it's been a season since you felt like, man, where is God? You feel like he just hasn't heard you and he's just not listening. He can handle that. You just lean into the presence of God. Come on, right now, begin to lean into the purpose and presence and, 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 and plan of God for your life. Lean into his word. Lean into community. Lean into prayer. Lean into worship. Come on, the, more, the further you've been from it, the more you need to dig into worship. The further you feel away from the purpose and plan, the things you've been praying for, the more you need to dig into prayer. And the more you do that, the more peace of God you'll experience in your life that passes all understanding. A no now doesn't mean a no later. It simply means I have to trust that God knows better. Come on, he can handle us. Number three, you need to know this. He can, he can heal us. I know he hears us, and I know he can handle us in the moment. He can heal us. Matter of fact, I would go for so far to say this. He's the only one that can heal us. Luke chapter 1, we see in Verse 23 through 25. Then Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over. Come on, something that he anticipated his entire life. Being able to serve that week in the temple. Never knowing if he was actually going to be able to do it. His entire life he served. He's waited for that moment. And when the week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. And at that point in his life, he probably thought that was going to be the greatest moment. That was my highest honor. All the other things are not even possible anymore. That was it. Soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. And listen to what she says. How kind the Lord is to me, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. I love that verse because we just see where Zechariah had given up so long ago. He had given up on that hope. He had given up on that dream. Can I tell you, Elizabeth never let go of it. She lived her whole life as an elderly woman. She was still living in the shame and the hurt and the pain of seemingly getting that no from God so many years ago. But I want you to know today that God didn't give her the disgrace. That was a cultural thing. The no then didn't mean a no forever. But see, when the world thinks everything was a no, that's just what it seems to look like. It looks like disgrace. It looks like shame. It looks like guilt. What did I do wrong? What did I do to deserve this? What did I do that I found myself in this circumstance or this place? God didn't give her the disgrace, but boy, he certainly took it away, didn't he? What's the thing in your life that seems too impossible to come to pass? Come on, what relationship needs to be mended this Christmas season? What addiction needs to be broken this Advent season? Come on, I shared last week about our sons, Shepherd and Matthews, Asher. I shared how Shepherd, when I look at him, he is a visual reminder of what I can't see doesn't mean that God isn't working. He's a visual reminder that when we can't see anything happening, he's still working. We prayed for so long. We begged God to move, and it seemed like there was a no in one season, and it became a yes in another season, and God's perfect timing. We could have never orchestrated that the way God orchestrated it. And can I tell you, you can, or you can never orchestrate your story as good as God is already writing it. You just need to lean into him. You need to know that he is the only one that can bring healing into your life. Christmas is full of impossibilities being possible. Come on, Zachariah and Elizabeth had lived their whole life seemingly forgotten by God, only to, only to walk into a season 
where they prepared the way for the coming Messiah. Mary, a virgin, giving birth to a son. Impossible. Jesus, eventually, dead on a cross, then coming back to life. Come on, let's just read through the Bible. The Bible is full of impossibilities. Come on, we believe there's a God who is specializing in impossibilities. And whatever that is in your life today, whatever that's going on in your circumstance right now, we're going to pray in just a moment, and I want to, we're going to ask that the Lord would do what only he could do, that he would restore faith again, that he would restore courage again, that he would build you up and he would give you peace that passes understanding right now, right where you are. Maybe you're here today, and you say, man, that's been me. I have been the title of this message, Long Lay the World in Sin and Error Pining. Come on, my life has been pining away. I feel like it's just been wasted. The last year, the last decade, the last few months, it just feels like it's just wasting away. Depression seems to be getting stronger. Anxiety seems to be overwhelming. Our resources aren't where I hoped they'd be this year. Our, our finances aren't where I'd hoped they'd be this year. My marriage is nowhere near where I'd hoped it'd be this year. My family, my relationship with my kids, seemingly I'd hoped to be restored by now, and it seems to be getting worse. Come on, where are you in your life? What seems to be just wasting away? I want you to know today that God hears you, that he can handle you. Give him all you got. Give it all to the Lord right now. Let him know where you stand and what's going on in your own life, in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own emotions. Give it all to Jesus. He can handle it. He's not afraid or worried about our questions. And then I want you to know once you've done all that, I promise you the power and the healing power of God will heal your brokenness. He can do it. So let's take it to the Father. Maybe you're here today and all of this seems awesome, but you don't even have a relationship with the Lord. You don't even know Jesus personally as your Savior. I want you to know today that this Christmas story that we're talking about, it was for you. It was for you today in this moment. For God so loved the world that's you and that's me, that he sent his son into the world at the perfect time in the most unlikely of circumstances so that you could be restored back to him today. So in this moment, you have this opportunity. You feel the power of the Holy Spirit touching your heart right now. And you would simply say, Father, forgive me of my sins. I'm so sorry that I've lived my life in my own strength, in my own emotions, in my own abilities. And it's gotten me nowhere. I feel as if my life has just been wasted. And so, God, I pray right now that you would forgive me of my sins. I confess Jesus now as my Savior. And from this point forward, I'm going to follow you as my Lord. Take control of my life. Father, thank you for settling my eternity. I'm going to live my life on purpose from this day forward in a way that honors you. Get all of the glory out of my life. And Father, I pray for my friends. I pray for our church today. Those that are tuning in who have just felt as if they were in a season of difficulty, a season of struggle, a season of unknowing. God, I pray that you would surround them with the peace of God that passes all understanding. When the enemy would come in and attack, God, I pray that you would raise up a standard in their, spo in their spirit, in their soul. God, right now that you would begin to bring healing emotionally, spiritually, financially, God, that you would begin to do what only you can do in our 
our lives. God, that it would be a testimony of your goodness, that today would mark the day in our lives that, we, that things begin to change, that things begin to turn around. Maybe the circumstance hasn't changed, but now I can begin to trust his hand. I can begin to trust his plan. When I don't see what's going on around me, I can begin to grow in my faith and knowing that you're working it out on my behalf. God, build our faith, build our courage to trust you greater, knowing that the king is coming again. And God, we, 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 we eagerly look forward. We await his return. And so God, in the meantime, we're going to live our life on purpose in a way that honors you. And you're going to get all of the glory and all of the honor out of it. In Jesus' name, amen.